This that go and get it, with no hesitation. This that never quit, start that elevation. This that process, this that in the making. This that started from the bottom. What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Elevated K9 Podcast. And today I am here with my co-host, Roel Guerra, and one of our trainers at Elevated K9 Academy, Miss... Hannah Evans. <laughs> one of our young trainers uh anyways how you guys been you guys been good yeah yeah holidays uh holidays were good you guys like that cold this cold weather that we're having i'm enjoying it for sure i'm a, i run hot those of you who've seen me on the field <laughs> i'll just be sitting there sweating doing nothing oh man you know we were i was gonna start 75 hard today but this weather this weather got me feeling uh, a little bit sad so I'm gonna start it tomorrow. <laughs> I started today. Hey, hey so. I'm declaring it right here on the podcast. I'm gonna do 75 hard. I don't know, and I'm gonna finish it too. All right? Can you edit this out? <laughs> I, yeah. I, <laughs> nah. And uh, so, anyways, we got Hannah. We were like, hey, you know what? We want to introduce some of our trainers at Elevated K9. So we asked Hannah to to come on board, and uh, you know. Talk to us a little bit about her experience as a dog trainer and maybe some of the difficulties. So why don't we get started from the beginning, Hannah? Uh, you know, how long have you been training dogs? I don't know. I think, well, with you guys, it's been about a year. With Elevated like, Canine? Yeah, like mm -hmm. actually professionally. But I started coming out when you were doing like sport practices and stuff during the week. I used to come out and just observe and watch and try and glean as much knowledge from the yeah. what I was seeing as possible. Yeah, the first time Hannah came out, she came out with her with her moms, make sure that, you know, we were safe. <laughs> her, mom, her mom came, met us. She was like, all right, I'll let her hang out. That was like, what, three years ago? Uh, yeah, I think even Even longer, before, huh? Yeah. yeah, crazy. She, so you wow. didn't even have a dog. You were just hanging out, I remember. Yep. How old were you? 18? You're not supposed to ask a... A girl her age, bro? No, I'm asking how old she was. Oh, okay. <laughs> At the no, time. 20. I don't even know. I thought I was 22. I'm 24 years old. So you were right? 20. You were like 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Cool. So what, what was uh, some of the first things that like kind of attracted you to, you know, dog training or just the sport training in general? Like what was like some of the first things that got you kind of hooked on it? I think, I mean, growing up, I was just always obsessed with animals and I grew up riding horses and stuff. So I wasn't a stranger to the, the competition aspect right. of of that kind of sport. Um, but once I found like the, once I found you on Instagram and that kind of whole sport world and like decoying and stuff, I was just instantly like hooked because it's, it's so cool to see dogs actually be dogs. Yeah. Like you grow up and you know, most of the dogs you're around as a kid are pets, labs and stuff like that. I mean, I grew up in the suburbs. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You laid down a pretty good rap. Yeah, there she was, before she, we, were, we were doing a test mic, a mic test, and she was rapping. But um, so, uh, and I know you you didn't really want a dog until you were ready for it, and you finally got uh, a birdie, who's yep. a wapo a wapo daughter. And uh, so maybe tell us a little bit about how that that's going. Yeah, she it's been going really well. I know. I mean, I'm kind of a person that likes to plan and research and like really know or try and understand as much as possible what I'm getting into before I right. just like dive into it. I've never been one to just like impulsively pick something up um, because I do know that I'm <laughs> <laughs> the exact yeah. opposite <laughs> <laughs> because I know like, I mean, even just having an animal, there's a responsibility involved right. with 
the care and the time and effort it takes, but having a dog that's at a higher level or that requires more attention or more more responsibility on your part of making sure the needs are met or all those, right. you know. You, and let's go back. So we'll come back okay, to Birdie, okay, okay. but but uh, I want to talk a little bit too because so Hannah, she, she didn't really have like a, like a, a dog that she was like training and she was with us for a while. Right. But when she was like, Hey, I'm ready to kind of, you know, take on a board and train. I was like, like, let's do it. Yeah. And she is, and maybe before that you maybe did like some private sessions, I think where you were working or something like I, that. Kind of on my own, like neighbors or family friends, yeah. people I could just take their dogs. And then I think you took the Corso, right? It was the first one that you took a puppy, a Corso yeah. puppy. Yeah. And just like straight killed it. Like she <laughs> killed her board and train. I was like, Yo, but that just goes back to to show you, like, just by watching and studying and doing all that, it was almost like she was just like a natural picking it up. So, anyways, what what were uh, like, how how did you feel after that first dog that you got? Now you have a bunch under your belt, but yeah, you know, uh, with that first one, like, what what was the scariest thing of of doing that? I I just felt like I mean the time frame. It was yeah. like okay, now I actually have to, you know, before when you have dogs, there's like if it's a family friend or somebody you know. You, you can just kind of take your time or like, oh, it's here and there. There's no, they're not really paying you. Yeah. Right. So there's no pressure involved. But with that, it was like, okay, wait, someone has paid and I need to make sure that I deliver on the expectation of your training mm -hmm. as well. That like I'm coming into your business, so I need to uphold the standard. And it was, it was stressful. I remember that first week I was just like, I don't even know. Yeah. I think, yeah, of course, of course. Okay. Uh, I, I remember you brought the dog out like at like on the second week or something. And I was uh, and I looked at it, I was like, oh, yeah, you're good. And then I was like, the dog looks good. And she was all stressed out. Like, I don't know if it's going to be ready. I'm like, yo, you're good. Don't worry about it. I was. Yeah. I, I just remember that first week I was like, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. I, I was so nervous. Like, I, I just felt like everything went out the mm -hmm. window. Like I forgot everything, like stupid things like, okay, just put the dog in the kennel or something like yeah. how to use a leash. I don't know. It was so silly. And I remember you saying like, Oh, I, I thought you were going to text me sooner. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, like waiting. I was like waiting. Like, uh, is she going to ask me anything? Uh -huh. Or I was like, I'm just going to let her be. And like, cause I just feel like that's how people learn Yeah, is like she had, I knew she, I knew she felt pressured, but I was like, if she wants to ask, cool. But if she doesn't ask, it's going to be on her. Like, you know, if we, if we struggle, but after I saw the dog, I was like, oh yeah, this dog's going to be good. Part, I mean, part of that is like a character flaw for me. Cause I, I hate asking for help and like, yeah, you know, Same, th that's yeah. something that I have to get over. So that too, it's like, there's a, the reason why I don't jump into things is cause I like to prepare and kind of like, you know, even if it's my first time doing something like picking up a new hobby, I've probably been watching YouTube videos or reading articles about it for right. two or three weeks before that. Right. So at least I have some kind of baseline of, yep. I don't know, what's going on. Yeah, and, and now that you've had a bunch more dogs under your belt and stuff, like, do you feel like it's gotten easier or, or do you feel like every dog is like you feel the mm -hmm. same pressure? I think I feel the same pressure on every dog, but I feel like I've come into myself more of like I, you kind of – it naturally progresses and right. each dog is different of where like, okay, so maybe one dog comes in and I, they just need to kind of hang out, get the feel of the area. And like, it's more focused on play or building a relationship. Other dogs come in and they're just like wild. Like right. you just need to nip some stuff in the butt, bud, and then kind of go from there. But yeah, I think it's more just finding confidence in myself and knowing like, okay, 
you have time, like, yeah, three weeks is a short amount, but when you're in the process of it, right. you kind of get into a rhythm of like, okay, this is where the dog's at. This is what we need to focus on. And, and it gets, I don't want to say easier, but it, mm-hmm. it becomes more natural. Right. And it's easier to kind of read the dog and see what the progression looks like. But there are still times where I get a dog and up to like the last two days, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God. <coughs> I just like it's not where you want it to be. Yeah. Basically. Or it's like, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, I just got to make sure that the go home, we can do it. Right. Or I give the owner at least the skills to keep practicing it. Right. So that they can achieve that eventually. But, but I've had dogs where it's like up until those two days, it's like not happening. And then the day before something just like clicks yeah. and you're like, oh, the best. Yeah. You can, you know, finally breathe and you're like, okay, cool. And then you get the other side of it where the dog does amazing. Throughout the whole board, throughout train. the entire yeah. boarding train, and then at the go home, the dog doesn't want to perform at all. Yeah, yeah, and and I think I mean that uh, I think this all ends with like how do we educate the owner after mm-hmm. they get the dog? I think to me that's like the most important piece, and I think that something that you know a lot of trainers don't put enough uh, focus on. Yeah. So I know for for us right now, I've I'm a, I've been even thinking of like redoing how those the structure is for the boarding train so that we could better educate the the owner, whether like maybe you have to do a couple private sessions throughout the, the boarding train or, you know, just so you don't feel so overwhelmed when the dog, you could only go through so much yeah. in that go home session. Mm-hmm. And not just that, but for ex- a, a quick example, we had a dog super excited. like could not focus. We got the dog trained, whatever. When it sees its owners, obviously oh, yeah. it's going to get super excited. And, and, and so everything went out the, Everything like it's like it's like we didn't teach this dog anything mm-hmm. because it's in a different state of mind mm-hmm. now that the owner is back in the picture. What ended up happening with that dog was I, we said uh, I forgot who the trainer was. I think it was it was one of the Chris's and they were like, look, I'm just going to take the dog back and then we'll meet again. And the second time the dog saw the owner, it wasn't as excited as the first time. So the dog mm-hmm. performed the way that it that, it you know, that it was throughout the boarding train. So it's important for people out there that are running businesses, dog training businesses to think about those things. Like how do we, if, you know, I expect, I have these high expectations of this dog cause I've been training him for this whole board and train, but then I'm not taking in consideration other, other things that are added into the equation when we do the drop off, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And so anyways, I think that, you know, I wanted to touch a little bit on that. Um, what are some of like your, what are your favorite dogs to work with? Food motivated. That's like, the easiest thing for me. Um, it kind of, it's kind of a double-edged sword though too, because yeah, they're food motivated, but that's kind of, sometimes that's all they have. Right. And it's just kind of like, they don't, they're not really into it, but they're hungry. Right. I don't know. I've been getting more into like the play aspect of it though. I think there's a lot of, I mean, scientifically it's pretty much proven that like learning in play is Mm -hmm. so effective that, you know, that's more what I'm focusing on and trying to get into, but I know, I know you've, I know you do your research with that type yeah. of stuff because you've sent me a couple of things. What are some of the things that you think are different? Like, I, I see it because you know, if a dog that wants to play, but we want to feed them food, we want to shove food down their throat. Like, yeah. it's two different things. What do you think play brings to the table? Uh, like, you know, mentally to the dog. I think it's just like, like neurologically, it's a different state of mind. Like that, it feels more freer. And even myself, like, if I'm when I'm playing with the dog and I know I'm having a good time, you can feel that like it's the same. They're also enjoying it. And, 
I mean, don't get me wrong. There's days where I'm just like not feeling it, no energy. And I definitely have to fake it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, it's like an act yeah. almost, but mm-hmm. I think just like the, it's, it's easier, right? There's no expectation. So you can get obedience behaviors and it's kind of like the thing what you're talking about. It's like, uh, you want, um, like, uh, energy over precision mm-hmm. that kind of thing where it, the precision and the perfection can come later and you can tweak those things but if you don't have the base emotion or foundation right. of the right the, state of mind right the desire to be in this moment focused and you know like really present right i think that's the biggest key and that's where it's like okay how can i get play and excitement because owners like to see that too they A thousand like, percent they love to see their dog with you know, the tail's up, the tongue is hanging out. Like they're, they're having happy. a good time. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, you know, how do I get that behavior out of other dogs that mm, wouldn't really naturally right. show that? Well, do you still have that dog that was uh, super anxious, the Malinois? I do. Because um, I know that dog. So well, I spoke to Royal and he was like, man, this dog's like f- afraid of everything. Yeah. Shadow. And the first time you had him out on the field, I was like, I, I've already, I've had, I, I have a little bit of experience with like dogs like that. So I was like, first thing I'm going to do is he's not, if, if some, if a dog's afraid, he's not going to take the food. I mean, if, when I'm yeah. afraid, I don't take food. Yeah. So you're just in the, in the wrong state of mind. And if you're trying to like shove food, like it's not, it's just not going to work. So how do we mm-hmm. get the dog in the right state of mind? So then he could want to take food and he feels more, some more. So that's how you have to look at the dog. So I remember with that dog, I just started running with him yep. back and forth. And you could see the emotion of the dog yep. changing. His tail's going up. So now I go, okay, so if his tail's going up, if he's feeling a little bit better, he might take food a little bit easier. That's just, I mean, it's it's common it's, it's common sense, but it, it's not uh, when you're just thinking about, I'm, I need to shape behaviors. I need to get him yeah. to do this. I need to get him to do that. I need to get, and you don't even think about like, well, I can't really... It's like you're 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 feeding. You're trying to. It's almost like you're trying to reward the wrong state of mind, mm-hmm. in a sense. Yeah. One of the biggest issues I had when I first started was, <clears throat> excuse me, I only knew to train with food and, and pressure, but I didn't want to use just pressure um, or just compulsion. So it didn't even cross my mind to try to get the dog to play, and. Um, you know, sometimes we fall into that trap and you see it a lot online where, and I've seen it a lot lately, um, people are getting their dogs back, not from us, but from other companies and the dogs are just skinny. Right. And I feel like it's part, it's normal. It's part of the culture in dog training to cut the dog's food a little too much to get them motivated for the food. So something that I've really been trying to figure out, you know, as well as just like you were saying is what, what can motivate the dog? And with that dog, his name is Aries, with that Malinois, I tried playing with him. But the type of play that I was doing was tugs, flirt pulls, and all those things did was just scare him. Right. Um, <clears throat> he was afraid of everything, literally everything. But I didn't even cross my mind to just run dog, pl- like just run around. Yeah, like just yeah, run around. Just yep. Let him run. Let him be a dog. Let him open up. Let him feel comfortable enough, you know, because running in itself is... I, I consider it like a self-rewarding behavior for a lot of dogs. Right. At the end of play, they'll take a dog and they'll run around. They'll take a toy and they'll run around with it. Mm-hmm. And um, dogs are very happy when they're just sprinting. You know what I mean? And right. when you ran, like you could see it, it was night and day. I wish I got it on video, but this dog was completely shut down. Tail down, ears down, scared of Oscar. And Oscar started 
walking a little bit faster with him. He was still trying to pull away from him. But once he realized he was going to be able to run, his whole body language changed. There was a shift in his body. His ears popped up. His tail started moving. He was more confident. The dog was just had a, he just had a good posture about yeah. it. Literally in, the, in five minutes. Yep. So it's not just playing with toys. I mean, figuring out what motivates the dog running yep. motivated him. And, and right after that, I think we got him like on the catwalk yeah, because he was in a different catwalk, state of mind. Yeah. But in the beginning, when you got him close to the table where we were all at, he was like freaking out. There was no way you could have, I could have. Mm-hmm. And sometimes some, you know, trainers will be like, oh, no, nah, he's going to do it. And, uh, and they'll force and they'll the force dog. And it's him. almost like, you're just like making it worse. Just imagine of yourself being afraid of doing something. And they're just like pushing you to do it no matter what. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's super important that we pay attention to that stuff, man. Like, uh, you know, the state of mind of the... Th- I used to do a lot of, uh, like, I used to let dogs run all the time. Obviously, I would be there watching them. And I think it's still uh, something that we could do with, with the right dog. But when you see them play, man, it's like they decompress. Mm-hmm. It's like they, it's like they it's release the from stress. Yeah. yeah. And what happens with a lot of these, uh, these the boarding trains is that you bring them into camp and... All of a sudden, they're in a kennel, they're in a crate, you bring them out to train a couple times, but they're not getting the same interaction that they, even if they're just walking around inside their living room at home, you know, it's completely different than them having to be, other dogs are into the, if they're weird with other dogs, other dogs are walking by them all the time, so the stress level just like goes up, and what does that, what does that cause? Their, their immune defenses to drop, and then that's how dogs start getting, you know, whatever they start getting sick or if they already have a problem it's just going to be amplified so that's why it's important to think about these things when when you have a boarding train and you see that he's afraid of everything like yo how can i get this dog to get him out of his his own head and that's the first thing you got to do before you even start trying to move forward and try to get him to do behaviors and stuff yeah now you know i take him i've taken him to i went he went with me christmas tree shopping like i haven't gone inside of home depot with him yet but yeah you know, he can be outside of Home Depot, hear the chainsaw going, hearing all the, the noises, walking, you know, in in not a very crowded area, but an unfamiliar area he's never seen before. And he wasn't completely shut down. Right. So just, you know, letting him learning that it's okay to be out and it's okay to hear these things kind of helped his confidence a little bit. Granted, he's not, you know, where I would like him to be, but... You know the owner is very happy with his progress. Yeah, I mean, it's I think I think it's it, the the progress is. I think that it's you know that's what's got to be. We got to see a difference. Yeah. I mean, the dog didn't even know you, so now that he's gotten to know you, not just that when I when I worked him the second time, he was he was yeah. even better then. So we want to see progress. Obviously, it's going to take a lot longer than three weeks with dogs yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. I think that tr- the industry we just set ourselves up for failure. Yeah, I'm on week eight with this dog. Yeah, so, yeah. but there's two week programs. You know what I'm saying? That they they promise the world. Yep. It's like nah, like it doesn't work like that. You know, ain't nothing that in two weeks is not gonna it's not gonna do anything. So, uh, anyways, yeah, that that was that. Um, so, what are some of the the things that that you least like? You know, the the the, the least type of characteristics <clears throat> in dogs that come in skittishness. I think honestly, like. Well, there's like behavioral traits Mm -hmm. and then there's like personality traits. And I think for me, it's just more like it's just not the kind of personality I see in a dog that personally I would want or Mm -hmm. that I like to kind of get along with. Because I'm not like I don't love when dogs are like really affectionate and kind of all up in your face. Mm -hmm. It's, It's not really my thing. I prefer dogs that are a little bit more, you know, they 
if you have something that they want, then they're interested. But I also like dogs that are a little bit more confident or interested in doing things on their own. Like got it. A little more curious and not just obsessed with you, mm-hmm. kind of. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes it is nice. Like everybody loves a golden retriever that is happy and right lovely. But yeah, personally, I like dogs that are a little bit more independent. Got it. Yeah. Mm, interesting. So, uh, Birdie, let's talk about Birdie a little oh, bit. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> Hannah is, she, she's, she's kind of a bit of a softy. So, you know, Birdie, I, I saw her right from the get go. I was like, yo, that, that's the one right there. You know, as soon as I, I seen her, she was going to get a mail, but then I saw Birdie and I was like, Hannah, I think that's, you know, I told her that the day that I saw her, I was like, yo, I think that's the one, but I know you had some issues with her, uh, trying to bite you. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, she was. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so she would like come at you kind of hard, huh? Yeah. And I was like, okay, she's just like, you know, a little baby, eight weeks old. I was like, all right, let's redirect with a toy. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, it would work for a few times. And then she would, my arm would move more than the toy or something. And she would just latch on. And I was like, what is like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Because it was so frustrating. I was like, I'm doing everything right mm-hmm. that I've seen in videos or read articles on or you know hear other trainers talk about i'm like what is happening right and it didn't really feel like she well actually okay i was gonna lie right there but there was almost moments where it was like you could see something change in her eyes like Mm -hmm. the way she looked at me and it was like don't care about the toy i see you right there i'm coming after you like yeah and i don't know if it was like Maybe she has got a little too tired at the end or frustrated. I don't know what it was, but it was like, what is going on? And it was kind of funny at first because it's like this little tiny mm-hmm. baby thing, like trying to get you. And like she would run and chase you. And it was like, it was funny. Like, did but she ever scary. like growl at you? Like, like actually. It wasn't, there wasn't a lot of buildup. Mm-hmm. It was literally like you would see something in a second. And then the next second she was like on your arm or attached to your leg or right. like something like that. And, I remember being like, okay, but, you know, I heard all this stuff, like, don't correct, there's no reason to correct a young puppy because it's going to kill the drive mm-hmm. or it's going to do this. What did I tell I you? Like, when you were like, I think you said, if it's there, it's not going to go away, basically. Well, I, like, I, well I, I think I said something like, it's better to just get rid of it right now than yeah. you having to, like, you know. Deal with it. Deal with it. Because it, it just, it, it, I think it does mess, like, first of all, I think that it's not hard to let a dog know, hey, you you cannot do this. Uh, this is what you do. But if you're just redirecting with no, without a- absolutely no consequence whatsoever, I think that that will just get worse as the dog gets older and older and older and older. That's just my opinion. Now, not all the dogs are the same. Yeah. From my experience, a Dutch Shepherd is, you know, I, yeah, I would say with those type of dogs, right now that it's early, let them know, hey, this isn't this isn't allowed, and I think we just put a slip leash on. Is she still doing it a lot or no? No, if if she does, it's an accident. And Got it. It's not like a. And I think we put a slip leash on her, and then we I told you like, hey, if she bites you, like get on her, yeah, correct her. Well, I remember like, th- like you said with Guapo, you're like, okay, his corrections were more personal, right? Yeah. Like he, the prong, the e collar, he doesn't really care, right? And so I was trying to do those things, but it was like she's so little and. I'm not trying to like hurt her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and didn't want to like wanna, scare her, cause other issues. I mean, in that situation, I definitely deferred to your expertise because, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, this is my first, yeah, real like puppy of like a you know higher level, not just a a more casual breed, right? Right. So 
I definitely, and I do see that where you kind of have to have the dog's respect from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And especially if the dog there, if she does show a little bit more, I don't like edginess Mm -hmm. from the beginning. It's like, okay, it's already showing up at, you know, from a week into getting her home. Right. How is it going to be later on down the road when all I've done is just kind of like skirt around it and avoid the issue? Yep. It's just going to get worse. Yeah. And I think there's some things that if you avoid the issue, it'll go away. Like, for example, if you if she's biting on your shoes because they're in the living room and you just pick them up and you put them away. And now she doesn't have that. And eventually she's not going to care about the shoe. Maybe the same, whatever. But then there's these things that they, they she's basically learning how to like, you know, bite and if you're not if there's no consequence if you're just redirecting it just becomes something that's normal it could be normal to the dog i don't think it just goes away with some dogs Mm -hmm. with some dogs it might and you might you you know you redirecting might do the do the whole thing for me it's just very it doesn't take a lot it's not a hard correction to let the dog know hey uh -uh, don't be doing that you know and I, i i did it quick man like uh it could be a flick yeah. in the in the nose for me, you know. I'd be like, ah, ah, "Don't do that," and I just like mm-hmm. tap him a couple of times, and he's like, "Oh," and then he backs away, and that's it. And then I, you know, we go on to something else, and it's not it's, it doesn't have to be a hard correction, yeah. but I definitely think there has to be some sort of correction when the dog is biting you. Especially, yeah, some people are like, you know, I don't want to kill their drive, and like I told you, I said, "Hey, if this kills the dog's drive, like she wasn't meant to be a working dog from the from the get go." Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, anyways. What are some other things that you've struggled with with owning her other than that? I think it's just the like change in lifestyle because I think I prepared a lot like being around everyone who has dogs like this or just puppies in general. You kind of understand that it, it does take a lot of time. I mean, to do it as well as possible, mm-hmm. like even just that that first night of her home, she would just scream through the night and right. it was miserable, you know, and then maybe after a week it gets better. But it's still like. I don't know. It's it's stuff like that where it changes your life and you have to kind of, okay, I have like a block of an hour and a half now where she's in the kennel and she's sleeping, but I have to do other things. And she she has a lot more energy than your normal regular. Of course. And it's not like, and even though she is in the kennel, it's not like she's actually going there because she wants to relax. It's because it's, I've, you've kind of conditioned it. Like, no, this is the time where you relax. Right. Cause if, if she was left, to her own devices, she would just be going the whole time, right? Sure. Like there's always something for her to do, something for her to discover. So the kennel is like a godsend. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> honestly. And what, what are some of the things that you've enjoyed from, you know, having her, what are some of the, first of all, what are some of the things you're working on right now? Um, obedience wise, it's like positions and all the foundational stuff. So, you know, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of the basics. Mm-hmm. I think it's when you do it right. And it's, clearly there it's easy to build up and make more advanced behaviors and mm-hmm. kind of it always it's always something you can go back to um but honestly like i just enjoy having her like as a dog as a companion like going to the beach and throwing the toy for her watching her nice. go and swim or like going on a trail or something hanging out with other dogs like with benny and mm-hmm. stuff it's it's so much fun to watch them interact right because it's so sweet and like I can definitely get in my head where it's like, okay, no, this is a sport dog and I got to do this, 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 and, you know, like no fun and just, you know, yeah, yeah, take yeah. her out of the crate and work and then put her back in and then like, those yeah, yeah. Kind of which, things, which I think it's another part of the culture in, in working dogs and a lot of working dogs. Now I think more pet people are starting to get them and, you know, uh, 
But yeah, I remember like with Wapo, it was never like Wapo was with me. I mean, he I took him everywhere, mm-hmm. um, and I was very in you know in the, the time in my life when when it was what eight seven years ago, eight years ago almost. Like I didn't have my kids where I have them right now, so I had a lot more time, man. I'd be mm-hmm. getting home from work, I'd be taking them to Home Depot, I'd be like it. I was yeah. literally just just doing that that type of stuff, raising him. Um, and I think it's necessary. And a lot of people don't do it, man. A lot of people, they get so stuck in the all the behavior stuff, all the focus healing and all that stuff that they neglect everything else. So, yeah. That's yeah, I mean, that's why I haven't been training Nacho, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, it is, it, the, the thing with me is like when I'm raising a, a, a working dog or whatever, it's not like I... Like I'm doing something with them all day, like folk, like focus yeah. work. Nah, like like right now the two puppies I have, I'll I'll take one of them out here and there, but for the most part, this is them hanging out. And then I come out, I play with them, I'll put them in the crate, bring them back out, play with them again, let them hang out, and just doing that type of stuff. Yeah. You know, they they're enjoying barking at people that go by. I don't <laughs> I don't mind it, so I'm like, yeah. do your thing, you know. And as soon as I come out and they know it's time to work, it's a different dog. And so I don't think you need to treat it. Um, I, from back then I, I would hear like, if your dog doesn't have a lot of energy or like drive, mm-hmm. crate them all day and bring them out just to work them. And you think that works for some dogs or I think, I think it, I think it, I think there's a place for it. Yeah. I think it, it does work with some dogs. I'm now in, in the, where I'm at now. I'm like, if I have to do that, like, I'd rather not. I'd rather just get a dog that just enjoys the work and then this dog could enjoy its life with somebody who's going to just go on hikes and just have a family dog. And that's better life for that dog. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't doesn't have to be doing bite work. And so I think that that's another thing, right? Like fitting like you having the dog that's for you, you know, like. Mm I, 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 uh, yeah, I tend to, you know, let go of a lot of dogs and a lot of it is because I like training puppies. I like raising dogs. And if I could find somebody that's better for them, for me, I'll let them go. Um, you know, Benny's been with her for how long now? Like It's been almost a year now. Yeah. So like almost a year, I'm barely going to get him back. Yeah. But I knew that she was enjoying working with him. He was enjoying it. So I'm like, oh, like it's a win-win. Now that I'm going to get him back, he'll be at the house hanging out and I'll work him here and there. But it's not going to be something that I'm going to do every day with him. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, but anyways, yeah, that's, I think that's the people need to realize what they have and if they're going to be able to deal with it the right way and not just, you know, shove them into a crate and then bring them out to work all the time. Yeah. So anyways, Ro, what have you been working with your puppy, bro? Um, same thing. Basics. Um, not just with my puppy, but even with Leela. Mm-hmm. Cause I, you know, when I, when I got her, I wasn't with you guys yet. Yeah. I was just a client at the time and I was in a rush. For sure. <clears throat> you know, I wanted everything. I wanted her to get everything quick. Um, and and we and there's holes everywhere. So we, even with her, I just went back to basics. Um, just copying all the videos you send <laughs> to, the, to, the, yeah. to the puppy chat. And I'm I'm treating her like she's a puppy. Just starting from, from scratch, doing the positions, working on, you know, two steps in the heel and three yep. steps in the heel. And even though she has it, but I just want to make sure that She's enjoying it instead of because I did put a lot of pressure on her, I right? Did. But I want it. I want her to enjoy it instead of it her just hating it the entire time, right? And then with Nacho, it's the same thing. I'm teaching him how to walk on a leash now. Working on his positions. I'm starting to name the positions now. Um, he's anticipating all of them. 
Nice. Um, same thing with the Focus Heel, uh, or with just the heel in general, trying to get him to stay next to my side. Um, probably going to throw a prong collar on him pretty soon here. He'll be five months uh, next week. And um, just enjoying him nice. more than anything. Yeah. Um, I try to let him play with other dogs, but he's he's got a little edge to him when it comes to yeah, other dogs. Yeah, I've seen that. Especially males. <clears throat> he doesn't seem to really care about females. He ignores them. But, uh, yeah, he would. He, he's already at the age where I can't let him play with my my male. He'll try to go after him. They'll, yeah, they got into it. Mm. Um, he he was annoying the crap out of my male. My male corrected him pretty harsh. It was a pretty harsh correction. After that, I was like, okay, these two can't play anymore. Yeah. So, but, you know, I, I spent a lot of time playing with him. Um, he does well with younger dogs. There's some of my boarding trains he gets along with. So I let them run around and play with each other. But um, he's teething right now, so he seems he seems to be struggling with it mm-hmm. as far as you know biting things. So I haven't done much bite work with him. Haven't really done a lot of tug with him. Uh, I just let him chew on things so to help his teething. Yeah, yeah. I would I would uh, I would advise like if if he's if you see that he's having some issues with your male, um, maybe even like just being in the yard with both of them and tether one of them, tether the other one, and just like just chill. Like don't let them just run around like crazy. Mm-hmm. Like you guys just. Be able to be in the same place. Like you're, if you're reading, put one on the place, put another one on the place. Like they learn how to relax. Everybody relaxes together. In that sense, get them to be around each other. And when they're in that state of mind and they get up from there, they might be a little different than if you just like, if you guys are not doing anything and then boom, I'm going to let all the dogs run. Because if you have dogs in a, in a crate or a, or a kennel and all of a sudden you let them run, they're going to act differently than if, say, all you guys went on a run and then you came back and just relaxed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So think about different ways that you could start putting them together. Even if one of them's on the pacer while the other one is running around and put something around him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like put the Roddy on, like start putting him on a pacer slow where he has to stay there while you let the other one run. Yeah. Just in those type of scenarios, controlled scenarios, to get him used to being around other dogs once he's a little older, it's like, nah, we could, we could all coexist and you should be able to respect this guy, and he should be able to respect you, and that's it, you know? Yeah, I've been tethering him um, while my other dogs are out in the front yard just doing their thing um, because he just wants to play. Right. But he plays very rough. Yeah, but... He but can it, be a little dominant. Yeah, just, but make sure that if you do tether him that the other dogs are also yeah. somewhat mellow. Gotcha. Yeah, they... Well, I mean, they ignore him more than anything. Right. Maybe that's not good either. But if they're running, they like if, if they like if they run, or they, then they're triggering <clears throat> yeah. other things in gotcha. him. So I would say yeah, that's why I'm saying like after a run or after something where they're kind of tired and then mm-hmm. everybody just kind of mellows out. For sure. You know? Um, yeah, I think like the dog and dog interaction is kind of a difficult thing as a human to step into. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that, I mean, for me, it's interesting. I like kind of trying to learn about it or like even going to a dog park and trying to observe, you know, mm-hmm. behaviors or like, oh, okay, that's potential conflict, things like that. But sometimes with our own dogs or like with a group of dogs, like when our board and trains are, you know, sometimes they all get along really well and they can interact really easily. And other times it's a little bit more sensitive. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard to kind of decide, especially with dogs that you know and mm-hmm. can like trust, it's easier to be like, okay, let me let the dog tell them what to do. And it's, sometimes it's hard to like, when do I interject? Right. Of like, when do I put my presence into it and say like, what's acceptable or what's not? And I think raising a puppy that has a little bit more. Yeah, yours you ha- know, yours is a little reactive too. Huh? Yeah, yeah, like a little more sensitivity mm-hmm. to certain uh, behaviors, I guess. It's, it's kind of hard to be like, okay, 
where can like sometimes you need to honestly find a dog that's a little rude too Mm -hmm. where it's like i want them to be maybe a little overcorrected or corrected stronger than so they can learn Mm -hmm. yeah a thousand percent and that was my male until he got bigger until nacho got bigger right started you know pushing the pushing the boundaries a little bit yeah but you know one good correction you know he's he's a little sensitive to pain, so after that he just left the male alone so it was a good thing and a bad thing, but yeah, you know, I learned from it. He learned from it. Yeah, I think, uh, and we'll probably get close to ending this, but um, I think for people that have puppies out there, I think it's important that you guys, like before, like set a good base for everything, right? Like just taking the dog out everywhere, that's a good base just to have a all-around better dog. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean he has to get to go play with a bunch of other dogs and meet a lot of people, but just being okay around other dogs and other people. Uh, that that is an important piece to the puzzle. You know what I'm saying? It's just gonna make him a more confident dog in that. In the working side, I would say work on having a good relationship with you within within playing, within you know a good flow session when you're giving them food and everything. That's better than like you trying to shape behaviors and the dog's checking out the whole time and you're just frustrated. Like I'm not gonna lie, man. Yesterday I was frustrated with uh with Koopa little Malinois puppy. I even text Larry. I was like, man, this Malinois puppy has me frustrated. And it, and it's more because he's not giving me what I, what I want. And it's like, and then I had to like, and then I brought the Corso out and I'm like, bro, like this guy's giving me way more than, than the Malinois. Like how, how, like, and, and then I just have to realize that, like, you know what, man, like that dog's, you got to work them a little bit different. So then I was like, all right, I'm going to bring him out again. And I'm just going to, have a, I'm just literally going to teach him how to push against me, push against my hand and just work on just that. Having a dog that pushes against your inside, against the lure, because I never focused on that. So I was like, that'll give him a little more power in everything that he does, a little more frustration, but a little more work. So I was like, that's what I need to do with him. And I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm comparing him to other dogs. And, and when I get caught in my own head, comparing them is when I have the crappiest sessions. I literally like, I don't even want to work. I'm like, man, like I'm just bummed out. You know, I'm like, I can't wait till yeah. I get my next one. Like literally that yesterday I was like, <laughs> I need another Malinois. Like I can't. <laughs> and then it sucks, man, because actually overall he's a cool dog. Like he's, you know, temperament, he's, he's good. He's, but he's just not what I expected. And I have to learn how to work with him. And, and I have him for a while. He's going to be, you know, I already have somebody who, who wants him. So it's going to be a, a long-term raising train. So might as well learn something from him and see what I could pick up. It's a different type of dog. I'm going to learn new things, and I'm that's the way I'm taking it, you know? So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. My mom always tells me this, but it's comparison is the thief of joy. Right. She always says that, and it always bothered me when I was younger, but now I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, you're actually right. A thousand percent. And I think, too, like being around, working on a team with so many really good trainers, Yeah. I definitely can get in my head of like trying to rush a time frame or – you know, oh, I have to see how fast I can get my puppy to do this to right. show, like, you know, I guess that I know what I'm doing. Yeah, that like yeah. I'm I, I have a place here. Like I'm still worthy enough to be on this team or what, right. whatnot. And so, part of it is like slowing down and kind of thinking, like, okay, but this is my dog. Like, yep. what what do I want her to do right now? Yeah. Like, there's long like down the road, and even after, like, if she does have a good sport career, if not, even after her sport career is over, like she doesn't just disappear. Right. Right. Like she's still going to be a part of my life a thousand percent in my home, you know, things like that. So it's like, 
you have to focus on the long term as mm-hmm. well as the short of like there, there's a balance between that a thousand percent yeah i agree i think uh I, obviously you know yeah you compare yourself to everybody you're you're never going to be happy because you know for some reason the grass is always green you think the grass yeah. is always greener on the other side and everybody has struggles you know people don't like if I recorded my session yesterday, people would be like, "Yo, this guy's brand new." Like he li- and, and I'm like, "I'm okay." Like, yeah, bro. I, like I'm good with it. You know, it's like I am. I I am still learning a lot, and I'm still, you know, I'm still trying to, you know. Sometimes I have really crappy sessions where literally I'll be like, "I don't know what I was doing in that session. Um, that was ugly." And yeah. you know, we'll figure it out tomorrow. Whatever you know, whatever it is that we were trying to do in that session. So yeah, I think it's important to make sure you you raise your dog in a way that because even, even going back to what you said, right? Like you could have focus heal and do all these things. Imagine you bring him out in public and he just can't function. So you yep. just missed a big piece of the puzzle that no matter if you have this piece, it's not going to be a dog that is well-rounded. It's like, it's like those people that you know that are like super smart book wise, but they have like zero common sense. Right. And you're like, yep. how, how do you even function in life? Yeah. Like, so that's why you got to, you know, be a well-rounded trainer where you focus on not just one thing. So yeah, anyways, that's to me, that's the important thing about raising a dog and raising a puppy. So for everybody watching, take your time. Don't compare yourself to others and um, enjoy the process. I think at the end of the day, that's what is the most fulfilling. Uh, I can tell you from experience that after you win a championship, it's like, you know, it's, 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 not, it's nothing like it. <laughs> It's, n- it's, it, huh? it's really nothing, uh, it's nothing crazy. Everybody forgets, yeah. you know, nobody is not like, you know, I mean, there's world champions. I was just a regional, which is like the, the bottom of the champions. There's like world champions who nobody, nobody even talks about them right now. So don't, um, and the dogs, man, they have such a short life that it's just like, I see Wapo now. I see that he's getting a little older and he still has that fire in him, but I see that he just, you know, he doesn't uh, he doesn't react the same to to, to things. And uh, yeah, man, it makes you think it may, it's it's crazy when I when I got him. I, I know I've mentioned in the podcast this this trainer was like, hey, if you keep him the way you have him right now, he's like at six years old. He's like, this doesn't be falling apart. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I had him so, so tight, I didn't yeah. let him do anything yeah. like I, I it was everything for me like what it and and i mean i was building him up but like everything had to do with some sort of work mm-hmm. uh, so you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it wasn't like i uh at a, when he was a puppy i didn't do a ton of like we're just gonna hang out like i was obsessed with training yeah. and so i was very uh egotistical i don't know if that's what you call it but like not really not letting him just be a dog you know and while yeah i, I I became a, a better trainer and he was very well trained and everything. I do feel like we skipped out on that, but now he's like living the life. Now yeah. he's, he's just hanging out <laughs> and, and, and but it makes you think like, man, like I'm not going to keep working. Like I'm not going to work him the same. Like, so I'll take him to the field. I let him take some bites. And then literally like, like, like uh, last week we went to go eat tacos. I went to go eat some tacos and I had him with me. I called him out. I was like, give him some tacos <laughs> and you know that's that's what he does now and so he uh, deserves it yeah i mean yeah. and he's giving he's 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 giving me so much man like it's, it's crazy but uh anyways yeah guys enjoy enjoy the process and uh hannah you want to add anything else uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. all right add some 
give some advice to somebody out there who's young and is getting into dog training. Okay, what would I want? What, what would I would have wanted? To well, I know what you did. She went out there and was out there for like three years before, four years before she even got a dog. That is like, but I, I know not many people do that, but, you know, you actually studied and, you know, you've seen what, you've seen the, yeah. somewhat the process before you got into it. Yeah, and I will say it definitely helped. Like, it, it was still, you know, it's still hard raising a puppy, but I'm way farther along than I would have been if I just, you know, went out and saw it and was like hooked and like, yeah, just let me get into it, right. get a puppy and figure it out as I go. And some part, still, like, you know, I would say have a plan and do your research, but there are still times where you'll be in the middle of a training session and you have to adapt and it's nothing that you can really mm-hmm. prepare for or expect. And part of that is just, you know, keep going and keep training and yep, that's yeah, it. figure it out. Roel, you got anything? Um, I would say just enjoy, you know, one thing I learned from you and other people is... Let the dog be a dog. You know, it's not always training all the time. Yeah. Just yep. let him let him enjoy himself. Enjoy your dog. Enjoy your puppy. And work the dog that's in front of you. Yep. That's, you that's my advice. Cool. All right, guys. It's getting kind of cold out there. Make sure you guys check out these Mickey hoodies, Mickey <laughs> jackets. They're awesome. So Mickey, Mick, Mickwear.com. And thank you guys for checking us out. And make sure you subscribe, you like, you comment, you share. Um, give us reviews on the podcast that always, you know, puts us up and, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys on the next one. Elevate your mind. You know what? I was thinking about that. It's not really like elevate your mind. It's supposed to be like elevate your canine and that's going to elevate everything else. Your life. You know what I'm saying? Elevate your canine. (laughs) (laughs) And you will, and you will be. Nah, nah. You know what? He's a little, hey, you know what? He's a little tired today, guys. Remember, elevate your mind. Elevate your canine. Let's go. Let's get it. This that go and get it with no hesitation. This that never quit.